Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome to Parenthood Friday. So good to be with you again. I hope you've had the most wonderful week. Uh, Just a quick word to some, quite a few people that have been trying to go back on my podcast episodes and they've noticed that some of the earlier ones are not available. It's okay guys, I haven't been (laughs) cancelled. At first I was like, what? They're taking my episodes off. They're shadow banning me. No, they're not. Um, I've got to work out what's happening. For some reason, it looks like I can only have 100 episodes on my platform. And then as soon as I go over that, it starts tipping off episodes. And as soon as I add another one, it tips off another episode from from further down. So anyway, I'm really sorry. I've got to work that out. Um, And then hopefully soon we'll be able to restore all the episodes because a lot of you are catching up. You've gone right back Um, because there are there are 157 episodes now, guys, which is a crazy, crazy, incredible. All right. So today for Parenthood Friday, I said that I would continue talking about keeping our marriages strong. And I started that last week and I'd love for you to go back and listen if you haven't already, especially to, I said quite a word to people who are finding themselves in the single parenting situation. So I'm not going to talk about single parenting today, but I did mention um, and talk about that a little bit last week because I don't want you to feel, um, you know, like you cannot raise amazing children on your own. You can. Um, But today I do want to focus um, on creating how we can create practical good habits that keep our marriages strong while we're raising children. So um, I remember last week, if, if you did listen, which I hope that you did, I hope just if you didn't pause this, go back to last week and then come back. But however, uh, our aim is to get to the empty nester stage and to be able to look at our partner and be so glad that you built your life together to still be best of friends. No one goes into marriage thinking on their wedding day that they're going to get divorced, you know? And so how do we retain that kind of really strong love between us when so much of the busyness of life and particularly raising children gets in the way? Um, So it's easy to not tend to our marriages because raising kids, it just takes so much of our time and so much of our attention. attention, And a lot of us are also working on top of that. But we talked last week about how the Bible begins and ends with a marriage. So this is a value that is so crucial to God. Um, we know that the enemy's plan is to tear apart anything that God puts together. And of course, he wants to tear the family apart. And why would that be? Well, the family is the building block of any thriving society. And it's the foundation, um, a great foundation to set for any child's life. So, you know, the enemy doesn't, doesn't want us to be thriving. And so it's something we need to intentionally protect. Uh, We also established last week that the greatest gift that we can give our children is a good marriage. And if you don't think this to be true or you're not convinced that this is true, like with anything that I say, well, look at the fruit or in this case, look at the end result. 
go and ask children like me who are now adults what it's like to be from a divorced home. Um, And when you do see children that have been raised well, observe not just them, but observe the marriage uh, that that they were raised in as well. That will give you a good good key, a good clue as to how important good marriages are to raising kids. But like I said, like I said, if you're a single mom, you can still raise great children. I come from a single parent home. But having a family gives us meaning. Um, we all know that home is far more than just a physical, the physical place that we were raised. We can't separate caring for children without spending, um, you know, or talking about the, the crucial influence that our home environment carries. So what I want to do today is give us four practical ways to help you to keep your family strong, to keep your family together, to keep our marriages strong. And I particularly want to address, I guess, what to do when the children, I guess, when the babies first come home, like some patterns you can establish. um, And when the children are kind of more um, on the younger side, although these these practical um, um, keys also relate to any any stage, but I think they're particularly important in the younger years. We all know what it's like bringing this brand new baby home from hospital. It's a huge ad- adjustment. It's huge for you as the mum and for hus- your husband as the dad, but in different ways. You know, for us mums, it's very physical and emotional because we're literally sustaining this new life. Um, and for dads, it's a challenge in a whole other way. Uh, suddenly they have to share us and that can be a challenge. Um, You know, your life is very interrupted in the most best of ways, but still some people find that really difficult. You can no longer just walk out the door and go out for dinner or a coffee. Everything needs planning and it takes way more time and you've got to pack things and pack bags and pack prams. Um, And I think what happens is we can go into parenting with this long list of baby facts and how how to look after a baby, but it's different to have having facts than it is to having an understanding. We can have the, the facts, but often what happens is we lack understanding of how all of this knowledge fits together in the context of life. So facts provide us a plan but understanding gives us a purpose. So it helps us to be intentional on the values that we're going to build our family with. So every practical thing, you know, looking after a baby and raising a baby, it's not just about the practical things, but it's about the values. This is where the understanding part comes in, that everything you do is going to have an impact down the road. Everything you do is building a foundation for your future, for your children's future, for your marriage, for everything. So understanding it's really important and it just helps to be intentional um, and to understand that you've got to know the values that you want to build your family with. And marriage is a huge part of this. So just like we had to learn how to be a good husband and a good wife when we first got married, well, we also have to go on a journey on how do I be a good parent and a good wife? How do I be a good parent and a good husband? So four things I want to tell you. The first one, the first practical key to helping keep your marriage strong is this, that life does not stop for the baby. Okay. Life does not stop. Now, 
I'm not talking about those first couple of weeks when you first come home, right? There is an adjustment period. Life will look different and it might slow down for a few months. But let me encourage you, continue living. When I see mums in particular that have babies and all of a sudden it's like they drop out of life, I see people doing this when they're first married, and I have this little bit of a joke. Cameron and I, I'm like, oh, they've gone to Marriedsville. And when I see, um, you know, mums and new mums and dads just seem to drop out of life. Now, please hear me. I, I know there's the adjustment period. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about afterwards, once, once you're kind of ready to go and it's been a good period of time and you've adjusted. And I call that, um, oh, Babiesville. They've gone off to Babiesville. Um, you know, when we become a mom and a dad, we don't stop being a wife and a husband or a friend, a daughter, a brother, a sister. It's really important that we continue these other relationships in our lives because baby is a beautiful part of our world, but they're not the only part of our world. And I know that can sound like, whoa, because you do feel like they're the only part when you first have a baby. But this is a problem I'm seeing with the next generation Um De- the, the younger generation, it's like they act as if nobody else has ever had a baby before. You know, we've all had babies before. We've all been there. And it is the most beautiful and important part, definitely, of your of your life. But um, we have to be careful that baby is not first, second, and third priority. And that can sound harsh, but let me give you an example of what I mean. When I had each of my kids, I tended to recover pretty quickly, even though I had cesareans. And so for me, probably about two or three weeks after I had each baby, I was back at church. Now, I'm not saying that to pressure to pressure anybody because timing is different and we've all got different circumstances. And I also was not into the whole got to wait a certain number of weeks for them to have their vaccines or whatever. I just was that, I'm just like, nah. I, I actually am worried for mums that do that because I think that's a good way to end up with um, postnatal depression, just staying home all the time and not seeing anybody. So I loved getting out and about. Um, and so I would be back at church um, uh, because, like I said, for me, I recovered really well after I had the kids, even though I had cesareans. But for me, um, church is a huge part of my life. God is a huge part of my life. And so for me, I wanted to be back in church and I wanted to start sowing that value straight away to my kids. This is what we do. You're a baby, yes, and you don't understand where mummy's taking you right now, but mummy's teaching you right from the moment you come out of the womb that this is what we do. We go to church. And so um, I just got back to life. We've got this beautiful couple in our church that have just had a baby and they were away for the first few weeks because they were traveling to see family. Um, but they came back after probably a month and uh, she's just incredible because um, her husband travels for his work. She is literally, oh my days, she is just such an amazing um, mum. She's she's coming along. She's bringing the baby. If she needs help, she gets one of her family members to come along. Um, she's even back on the music team already. And again, I'm not saying this to pressure, but I am saying I think sometimes we we can tend to wrap ourselves up in too much cotton wool and we need to go, you know, what, what are my values? 
And I know for this girl in our church that just had a baby, she's got the same values that I've got. Uh, And our values don't change. When you've had a baby, take your time that you need to recover, but your values shouldn't change. So get back into life, continue living. And that's important for both of you as a husband and wife together. And, you know, yes, you've had a baby and life will look different, but parent together around your values, the values that you have in your marriage, the values that you established when you were just husband and wife, continue those values, relationships and things that were an important part of your life before baby should still be an important part after the baby arrives and they are worth protecting. Okay. So that's number one, keep on living. Number two, practice couch time. You're like, what the heck is that? Practice couch time or lounge time. Now, this is one of the most valuable things that I could pass on to you that I learned. This is probably a little bit harder when the baby's little and you're establishing routine, but this is a practical key for the rest of your parenting marriage journey. Basically, what I'm talking about is it's about making intentional time to talk. Now, we call it, when I learned about it, it was called couch time. It was like practice couch time, Um, but it doesn't have to be on the couch or on the lounge. But the point is, the, the whole point of it is find a space and intentionally take time every day to talk where the kids can see you, even when they're really little. So when Cameron came came home and still to this day, um, or sometime, you know, we would he would come and chat. Now it wasn't always on the lounge chair. Sometimes it was in the kitchen while I was preparing dinner. Um, and it's obviously a lot easier now because the kids are getting older and often they're not home and we're home. But what it does is it teaches, it's really modeling something really, really important to the kids. Pick a time where the kids don't interrupt you and don't let them interrupt you. You know, put out some toys and say to them, mommy and daddy are going to have a, um, we're talking now. So we'll play with you in a minute or we'll do whatever in a minute, but we're having some time to talk. And so Cameron and I still do this. We actually talk a lot. And this is so good for uh, kids for so many different reasons. It models to them that you are making one another a priority. It reiterates that while you absolutely adore them and they're the most important part of your world, guess what? So is your spouse. So is their mum, their dad. And also it teaches them such an important thing that the entire world does not revolve around them. It's good for them to wait. And by the way, um, when we do act like the kids that the whole world revolves around them, what we're doing is we're creating self-focused, self-centered children. And that is not a good thing. Too many children I see are running the household and they get every whim met on demand. But being seen talking together, letting the kids know this is mum and dad's time to talk together, it gives your children a tangible sense of your togetherness. And that fulfills one of their greatest emotional needs, which is the need to know that mum and dad love one another, which is what I was teaching you guys about last week, that the most important gift you can give to your kids is a good marriage. And this is one of the ways that you can show the kids not only show them that you have a good marriage and model to them you have a good marriage, but taking the time out to talk to each other and make each other a priority each day um, actually does build a strong marriage. 
Um, so, but going back to the kids, it gives them a sense of safety and security within themselves and the entire household. It builds a strong family and it builds security in each individual family member. So just the simple act of taking time to talk each day, it builds a great foundation for your marriage in the years to come. And kids love it when they see their parents enjoying one another's company. So don't don't be that parent. This this is more for the mums because I don't think dads struggle with this as much. But sometimes us mums, we can tend to ignore our husbands and and always uh, meet every demand of our kids. But it's good for our kids to know that, you know, mummy's priority is dad. And sometimes you have to wait. That's a great thing to teach them in life. Okay. So number three, continue to be thoughtful to one another. I would say that would be one of the big keys uh, that Cameron and I I would I would attribute to our strong marriage. We are continually just we're thoughtful to one another. It's just who we are. Um, don't just be so focused on being thoughtful around what your children need. You know, what were the special things you did for one another before the baby came? Now, for Cameron and I, this is not about buying gifts or flowers. Like We've never kind of been massive gift givers, but maybe for you it is, and, and you love that. So continue doing that. Um, I think also thoughtfulness is really important uh, because you can show it in lots of little ways to one another every single day. And I think if you are thoughtful to one another every single day, that that adds up to building a really great, strong marriage in the long run. So for Cameron and I, whoever goes upstairs first always makes the other one coffee and brings it down. And the funny thing is we still ask each other, whoever's the first to go up, like I'll shout down the stairs, Hey babe, do you want a coffee? Of course he wants a coffee. I know he wants a coffee, but I still ask and he, and, and he'll do the same for me. And because we both love coffee, uh, both of us will be like, yes, pl- yes, please. Um, but I don't know. It's just like a bit of a ritual that we do and we love coffee. So when the kids were little, we would pack them up in the car, we'd get a takeaway and we'd go to the park and the kids would play and we chatted. Um, it, uh, we go to cafes nearly every day. Cameron and I will pop into a cafe um, just for if we have time, but we try and make time most days. We'll just pop into a cafe and have a coffee together and chat. We just, it's something that we love doing together. Uh, every day, we don't leave the house without a kiss, a hug, and a bye, I love you. And now the kids do exactly the same before they leave the house. They'll always shout out, see you guys, love you guys. Um, every day, Cameron calls me. Or I'll call him, but mostly it's probably because I was off in the one home and he was out at work. But he would always call me more than once a day just because he enjoyed talking to me and always to tell me that he loves me. Just these little thoughtfulness, uh, thoughtful ways are so important. When we moved into state, we didn't have, um, you know, we didn't. Uh, we didn't have people to do a lot of babysitting and stuff. So, um, you know, we we look. I wanted to talk for a minute about date night. I'm kind of running out of time, but Cameron and I never did this whole date night thing. Now, I don't know if it's just me or just us, but Cameron and I kind of think date night's a bit weird. (laughs) You might be going, what? Renee, I'm disappointed in you. Or you might be going, yes, I agree. I don't know. For me, dating is what you do before you're married. And it seemed to be this trend about 10 or 15 years ago where people would bang on and on about how you had to have a date night. If you were going to have a good, strong marriage, you had to have a date night. It's not true. Um, 
And then, you know, dads have to take daughters on dates and, and, and like a daddy daughter date and mums had to take their sons on dates. So remember Cameron and I both tried it once. I took Liam and he took Georgia and then we got home. We're like, that was just weird. Yeah. Nah, (laughs) it's just not us. Maybe it's you. Um, but you know, yes, we go out and especially maybe anniversary dinner and stuff like that. But in reality, we just love being together all the time in our daily lives. So we just didn't really see the need for this specific date night. Plus, like I said, when we moved, we didn't have babysitters, so we couldn't really go out. We've always been each other's priority. We always have been, we always will be, um, you know, and I just, remember saying to Cameron, you know, it would frustrate me when I'd hear people say, oh, if you want to have a strong marriage, you've got to have date night every week. That's not true. If that's your thing, go for it. But Cameron and I didn't have the luxury because we were interstate and it's just not true. Just making each other a priority every day, I think is far more important. Um, and if we do want to have a nice night, then we would get, put the kids to bed, which of course they had a routine and then we would get some nice takeout and watch a movie. Okay. One more last one. So let me just go through those again. So, uh, number one, keep living your life. Don't give up on, on your normal everyday kind of, you know, stuff that's important to you. Number two, practice couch time or have intentional talk time. Number three, keep up thoughtfulness on a regular basis. And number four, be just be in everything together. Be in it together. So this is a very practical one, but share the load of raising kids together. Work out what you are good at. So work out what you are good at and what your spouse is good at and play to your strengths. So I think sometimes I see people grow apart because maybe one person is taking more of the responsibility and um, that can be really tiring after a while. So share everything together and communicate and talk about it. So I know for us, I'm super good at establishing routine. So I used to always set the tone of um, what was happening time-wise during the day. Um, I was always the one that was very organized and I didn't work. So I stayed home. And so I did the washing and the cooking and I cleaned up and then Cameron, you know, would do the bath times, for example, when he got home while I cooked dinner, uh, Cameron worked in the day. So I always got up to the babies at night, but he would often do that last feed, like the 10 o'clock or 10 30 feed so that I could go to bed early. As they got older, we shared school drop off and pick up. I did the grocery shop. He did the quick drop by, pick up the milk and the egg kind of shop shopping trips. But just be in, be in everything together. Be in the, the non-sexy, practical, messy, have your hands deep in life together. Tell each other what you need. Communicate. And I think Cameron and I were really blessed this way because we did fall into a flow very, very easily. And it was very obvious what we were both good at. And for us, it did happen to be quite traditional roles. And we were really happy with that. So there you go. There's the four really practical things just um, that I think can help you towards a strong marriage. Okay, so keep living life. Practice that chatting and, and couch time. Um, 
was number three, be thoughtful to one another. And then number four, be in everything together. And just remember, I always say with parenting that everything you do now is building a foundation for the future. You are going to reap with your kids later what you sow when they're younger. And that's the same with your marriage as well. You're going to reap later what you sow now. The beginning is always connected to the end. And so it is with with your marriage. So every action is going to have some impact on you and your children's future. So I encourage you, uh, keep your marriage strong because it's obviously going to have positive consequences for you and it's definitely going to have positive consequences for your children. So there you go. I'm going to try next week to get Cameron to come in and chat. And I wanted to talk about the three or four uh, principles that we've built our marriage on that I think have really helped us to have a strong marriage. These are the ones that we share when we do marriage counseling with people. So you can, I don't know, you can grab your husband or wife and uh, we'll do some podcast marriage counseling. How does that sound? Cameron's funny though. As soon as I press record, like we chat so naturally, he cracks me up. I always say, babe, what happens when I press record? You kind of like go, you go all robot, robotic and fu- he goes really weird. Um, so maybe I should pretend I'm not recording. I don't know. But anyway, he's such an easy person to talk to until he knows I'm recording and then he goes funny, but we'll see. I'll see if I can chill him out and see what we can get out of him. Anyway, guys, have the most wonderful week. Make sure you come back next week. My Think Again collection has been so popular that people are like, please don't stop. Please keep going. So I'm going to keep going with that next week. I'm going to talk about, do you think Google is manipulating you? Good topic. Hey, anyway, have a wonderful week and I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.